This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It is the Batter Up podcast for the 17th day of September 2020. And it's hard to believe that we are on the verge of the last three series of the Major League Baseball regular season. Will Pelagic, Joe Patrick, Caleb Johnson here with you. We say hello to our cohorts. Hello, Joseph. Hey, Willie P. How's it going? I'm well. Hello, Caleb Johnson. What up, what up, what up? All right. Uh, if we want to start anywhere, we can start with Cole Hamels last night. He obviously made his return to the rotation. The plan is to get him three starts before the end of the regular season. How encouraged, discouraged, or nonplussed were you two? I guess nonplussed might be a uh, an appropriate response. I, I just I I don't um I wasn't really expecting much out of him at least in terms of the actual production part of it in terms of g- the giving up runs or whatever the main thing for me obviously with him coming off an injury the multiple injuries that he's had over the last year and having not pitched in a major league game since I think last September 28th so almost a full year since he'd pitched in a major league game I was just wanting to see him get through it relatively you know healthy velocity where it needs to be um, and just generally look Okay, you know, and I, I still think that you know we're recording this the day after the game. I don't think we're through the woods yet with him in terms of how I feel about him because these next couple of days are going to be very important for how he recovers, and that's obviously going to be a, a big thing. And making sure that he can go out there and get his next start, and then I think he's scheduled to go to pitch the last day of the season. So you don't want him to be bumped back at all, so that he can make both of his starts. So. I'm not like, I, you know, obviously you would have liked to, him, to have seen him do better. Uh, and I actually thought it was really interesting talking to him after the game and hearing him really kind of uh, get on himself for the, the runs that he gave up. He, he expected to do better. And he said that, you know, people, the media was trying to say, oh, but, you know, yeah, you're, you're healthy. You know, it felt, must have felt good to get back out there, et cetera, et cetera. And he was like, yeah, no, but dang, like I, I didn't do what I needed to do to give this team a chance to win. And I like that mentality from him. I like him kind of c- coming out and really... Um, not giving himself any outs in terms of the performance. So um, I was generally pleased with what I saw. Uh, don't know about you guys. The bar is just so low I, with him. <laughs> like, it's just, honestly, it's one of those, and I knew this was coming with our conversations. You know, watching him last night, I hated knowing his pitch count. Like, I, I did not enjoy watching that game in the back of my head going, all right, if he throws four more pitches here, we're getting a little close. What's going to happen? Are we going to the fourth? 
That's you know, okay, all right. And I was just one of those like, good grief, man. Yeah, yeah. And it's one of those like, I, this is this must be what Washington fans with Steven Strasburg must have felt in the past, just watching him and. and and, and I'm watching this game just kind of holding my breath. Like, mm. is this the inning that he falls apart? Or is he going to get through it okay? He gives up three runs. And you're like, all right, well, that wasn't great. Wasn't bad. It's one start. How much weight can I put into all of this? And and then I go look at the schedule. And I'm like, there's three series left <laughs> in the season. And these are the conversations that we're having and I just, I get back to this idea of, um, <laughs> I mean, the Braves have been telling us that the playoffs are going to be a crapshoot mm-hmm. and, and like, we're, we're, we're in it. We're truly in the like, who knows what's going to happen. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll you Noah, come on down. I'll, yeah, exactly. <laughs> here's, here's the part of it that's so singularly frustrating for me. And, and, and I'll, I'll kind of dovetail this into our, our next point, but the fact that you now have the offense at the ability where it is now to where you have guys who are basically all healthy, like the entire lineup is healthy right now. You have Ozzy Albies back. You have as long of a lineup as you've had throughout the course of the regular season. Of course, you throw in the fact that Ronald Acuna is like one for the month right now, or at least one for his last 21. That's not very good. But even so, you expect him to bounce back and the the thing that I keep going back to, and we talked about this last time, is that you know what kinds of games are we going to see in the playoffs? And I even asked this uh, when I had Kelly Kroll of Fox Sports on on uh, on Saturday on my on my radio show, and I said, you know, are we going to see these kind of peculiar games? Or are we going to see pitching like we've seen and we've come to be used to during the postseason? I think it's enough to get the Braves through the wild card round just based on the fact that it's a two out of three series and you're going to have home field advantage again, no fans, but you still have the home environment. And I think that that helps you as a team, but from the standpoint of where the Braves are in terms of trying to make sure that you get through a bubbled LDS and an LCS unscathed and no days off. I think that that particular albatross is impossible for the Braves, given their pitching situation, unless you play games like we've seen over the last month, month and a half. Look, I hate the fact that Ronnie is is on a slump right now because it's one of those, isn't this just textbook Braves getting towards the end of the season? And, you know, we have those hot months usually right in the middle of the summer and then get towards the end of the year and, you know, Freddie will come to a screeching halt or, or it's Ronald right. or whatever. And, and right now it seems to be Acuna is the one who's just really struggling and I get really concerned when he's going to get hot, you know, trying to figure that out. But as yeah, as far as getting back to the rotation and and any sort of playoff hopes, as currently they stand, the Braves would face the Reds in that quote unquote wild card, which when I I don't think we've put enough attention into this playoff format yeah. and how awful <laughs> absolutely awful. <laughs> awful it is and, and I mean, not just, only that but the the owners wanted to go beyond yeah. this year which is so yeah. stupid if, if i'm a player absolutely shutting this down i mean there is and and we kind of talked about before and i know we want to talk about it on this podcast at some point or whatever uh this idea of being a top seed not really meaning a whole lot you know i mean it, but it's 
it's truly everyone's playing in that first weekend in a three-game series, and you you could be the Dodgers playing the Giants, and the Giants get hot for whatever reason, and your season is over in the in the quote unquote wild card round, and you're a top seed. Like that's just awful. But uh, as yeah, as far as the Braves though getting through a, a first round series, I I just get so worried. I mean I mean you know one one bad start from Max Fried. And this yeah. thing, and it's over again. It's, that's it. It's 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 the crapshoot concept, which you're hoping works in the Braves' favor when you're talking about the Braves going against the top teams in the National League. But the crapshoot can also work against you in a short series like these wild card rounds, where they're going up a team like a, against a team like a Cincinnati. You know, who knows what could happen? Trevor Bauer could throw the lights out one day, and then you're behind the eight ball. You know, with with your non your non aces so yeah you you never know i want to go back uh to something that will mention talking about how long this lineup is now and i want to kind of put it together with something that alex anthopoulos was talking about after the trade deadline obviously at the trade deadline Mm -hmm. all braves fans media whoever um like everything everybody was kind of expecting them to add a starting pitcher obviously with the woes that they were experiencing and are still experiencing um and Alex Anthopoulos kind of explained through the rationale of why the Braves ended up not making any deals part of that was the fact that it sounded like a team was going to uh, you know in a potential deal for a player other teams were wanting a player that was currently a, a contributor at the, at the major league level for the Braves and that was one reason but Alex Anthopoulos said that there was really only one impact pitcher that was dealt in on the trade deadline, and that was Mike Clevenger. And I keep thinking, like, I, I kind of I was buying that for a while, and the more I've thought about it, it makes me think like you didn't really need to get a, a quote unquote impact pitcher, however you would define that, um, for it to be an impact pitcher for this Braves team, because with right. the offense that you have, you don't necessarily need. Mike Clevenger to give you a substantially better chance in some of these playoff series, especially when you're going to have a playoffs where you're going to have to use your entire starting staff like you normally would in a regular season because you're not getting those days off like you normally would in a typical postseason. So I'm having more regrets about what the Braves decided to do or not to do at at the deadline than I did at the deadline. At the deadline, I kind of was buying into what Alex Anthopoulos was saying, and maybe you guys were say, have been saying this for a while, and I was, uh-huh. and I've just not been um, willing to listen. But I think it's that, fine. Here's, here's a problem, Joe. Here, no, here's a problem, and I hate to interrupt you, but the fact that it's the 17th of September, and we're still talking about what the Braves didn't do at the trade deadline. That's the reason why it sucked, okay? That's the reason why the only fact that you got Tommy Malone and he's turned into 10-run Tommy, I mean, that's the part of the reason why elbow people look at this. Man. He's, got the, he's got the elbow inflammation. Oh, you know, he's got an inflamed Ugh. ERA is what he is. He was sent to the alternate site with, a, with an inflamed ERA. That was not an injury. That was, that was an excuse. That was good, Will. He was, set, <laughs> that was nice. sent to the also, alternate site with an inflamed ERA. So that's why people are pissed that they didn't do anything at the deadline. And it's weird. Last year, they were talking about how much of an impressive deadline that Anthopolis had in remaking the bullpen because – you let you let go of some prospects, but also you recognize that there was a need. It's almost as if they've recognized that there's a need, but they are not willing to do anything about it. And if the Braves actually do win their first wild card series, they're most likely going to face the Padres and probably have to face Mike Clevenger. Right. Which just like 
it wouldn't that be just like chef's kiss of (laughs) if Mike Clevenger sends the Braves out of the playoffs? I mean, I just, I, as an Atlanta fan and someone who has just experienced so much pain and just, you know, it's just, I'm used to it at this point. It's one of those, that's, that's going to happen. It seems like that. Yeah. I was going to say, it seems like that is definitely what is going to happen. It it, it goes back to like, we were talking about the fact that Caleb mentioned that the format, the fact that the owners like this so much basically means that they're going to spend as little as possible to go 82 and 80 in a regular season or oh, it yeah. would be 31 and 29 in this in this uh in this abbreviated format and that's the problem that I think baseball is having is that the owners do not want to let money go and I don't know if it's the fact that the contracts are getting more expensive and, and too expensive for these owners to really handle but the economics of baseball is just killing this game. And I don't blame the players. I don't blame the players at all. The market value is the market value, and these things go up and guys get more valuable. And, you know, whether or not a guy plays out his contract to what you think it is, it, it's all dependent on on their stats. But at the same time, I look at everything in this game right now, and I'm saying, man, how in the world are we at a place right now where the owners are trying every which way to squeeze, you know, a penny out of a dollar? Yeah. And with regards to this expanded playoffs and the fact that the owners want to keep it, I guarantee you that if if it were to stay in effect for a you know, period of years or just for the foreseeable future, I mean, I'll guarantee you that the the value of certain players will change and because the way that teams build and construct their rosters will change because you would no longer need there will be no longer a reason to try to shoot for like winning 100 games in a year like right. you would not need to dominate the regular season like that you would just want to get yourself in with a roster that is optimized for succeeding in the postseason very much similar to what we saw from the Washington Nationals last year who very really nice. kind of you know were able to just barely get in and then, but once they got in, they were really well set up to make a deep run. And we obviously saw them knock out teams like the Dodgers, who were the you know the the juggernaut throughout the regular season, and obviously the favorite going into the postseason because they were set up that way. And I think you'll see teams adjust if they don't do that. And I don't think that it's good for the game. Well, yeah, I don't think it's good for the game. I don't think it's good for the don't fans. waver. It's not good for the yeah, game. It, I, well, I was just gonna say like you know. It, it might be good for some people in the game, like and players too. Like it you might have certain it will players benefit that some players on the fringe. Yes, yeah, but right, it won't exactly. benefit yeah. the game overall. So I just didn't want to paint with a broad, broad brush, saying that you know everybody would lose by this. But yeah, I mean, I, it's not something I I want to see. I don't I don't like it. Here's the sad part: Major League Baseball went from having ten teams in the playoffs to now half the league or over half the league will be in the playoffs. And the Angels still didn't make it. Like you're, you're <laughs> one of the best, one of the greatest Major League Baseball players of this current generation that we're in right now has still only seen the playoffs. Mike Trout one time, and even in a 16-team format, still can't find the playoffs. And I mean, we're we're, we're getting so many games now, which. I wonder what that's going to do. Just, you know, I mean, the playoffs were this exciting time. And I know some, I, I had heard some complaints that it was like, well, you have this long season and then this short postseason that's, you know, gone in a, in a flash kind of thing. And I was like, well, that, to me, that was part of the excitement. Yeah, absolutely. It well, is, you know, I mean, you play this long year, but you don't need a long playoff to follow it as well. I mean, I just, I don't know. I, I think NBA playoffs 
where you know when I start really paying attention, like I mean, I'm I'm watching games, and I'm trying to keep up with series kind of thing, uh, but I'm not paying attention truly to games until we're getting to those you know conference finals toward a, a sort of matchups when I'm watching every single game. And I just wonder what's going to get lost with with this first wild card round of three games where you just had one before, uh, and this just excess of of games to watch. I I have and I kind of want to stop down on that because we went from baseball getting basically the least percentage of teams in its postseason among the major sports mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to now, if this stays around the most like that, that's an incredible jump. And it, again, I'm going to sound like we're doing a college football debate here, but it devalues the regular season. <laughs> it completely devalues. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, why yeah, are yeah. we playing 162 games to eliminate 14 teams? Like mm-hmm. and 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 if you want to shorten the regular season, great. I'm I'm not one of these purists who is is cast into stone. Every season has to be 162 games. But if you want more playoffs, you've got to take away from the regular season because if you're going to play 162 games and then a 16 team playoff with this convoluted concomitant format, I think it's ludicrous. I mean, if you want to play down, if you want to go back down to you know 140 or 144, it probably won't get that low. It'll probably be around close to 156 and you want to have that extra round, you know, go right ahead. But I just don't think that the solution is more playoffs. The, the fact that the one thing, and, and again, I'm going to sound like a sanctimonious baseball old timer, but the thing that makes baseball great is that over the period of time, over a long season, you know who's good and you know who's not good. And when you have teams like Joe is supposing is going to happen, who basically just tread water from April through to August and then make that last little run in September, that that doesn't prove to me that you're good over a long stretch. That just proves to me that you built your roster to win in October and you were just content on being just okay for the majority of the regular season. That's not a champion in my mind. And I think that that is one of the reasons why owners kind of like the idea of it. Of course. Be, so that, so they can just cheap. kind of, yeah. yeah, yeah. They can kind of be cheap. They can, they can, you know, not really need to have the team set in stone, you know, from the very beginning and all that planning that goes into having, building a team like that in the off season. And then, yeah, you just make the deals if you can, um, or if you need to sell, you can just easily sell because there'll be plenty of buyers who want to be out there. Uh, and yeah, it, it all makes sense for, from an owner's perspective, but it doesn't suit the fans, you know, or, or anyone who really follows baseball closely, I think it would be kind of a slap in the face. So, yeah, it, it is jarring, and that's one of the reasons that baseball postseason, in my mind, has always been one of my favorites. Um, there, there are lots of different things. There are lots of things about uh, baseball postseason that I like, like like the 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 four o'clock first pitch like i love oh, yeah. that like the the, yeah. the late afternoon first pitches um is kind of like signifying of of playoff b- baseball but um yeah it's like the fact that it's so short in comparison to it's it's such a contrast in terms of the challenge that faces a team in the postseason versus what a team has to prove itself to to be able to do in the regular season which is to win over a long period of time um it would just be such a shame if they went to this long term and i hope it doesn't happen and the quality of play goes up in the postseason. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It does. it's a total change, you know. Like, and Brian Snickers mentioned it. Uh, he actually mentioned it after a couple of games ago, you know, where he was like, "We kind of played this game like a postseason game," and he was talking about the way he, that he 
had to utilize his bullpen in a certain game. I forget which one it was, but it was one where, you know, they had to use the bullpen early because they got in trouble and, and things like that. And that's what's so great about how, you know, again, the contrast between what you see in the postseason and what you would normally see in the regular season. It's so it's such a different challenge um, and it makes it just so much more enjoyable for fans. So going from kind of one aspect uh, of the conversation we've been having to a completely different is where my brain's been kind of going back and forth of as far as last week, we did have the conversation of we wondered where the Braves would be without really having their top starters and trying to just kind of piecemeal this all together in order to get to the point that we're at now with the, these final three series, four and three, not too bad. No, I mean I yeah. know, like, yeah. like I know the the Orioles series, discouraging. Just yeah, and it's one of those. At on the same token, the Braves, as much as they had a fourteen to one loss, that wasn't realistic of their season. They also had a twenty nine to nine win, which wasn't realistic of their season. So, uh, like, I think those kind of things, um, they'll even each other out. The other thing is, you know, we we keep jumping on the playoffs and just how awful this all seems to go. I would like to remind you guys that when we get into this playoff season, they're getting rid of the extra innings, putting a runner on second base, like, like a, a rule that we played <laughs> the entire season. They're just like, Nope, not a good like, idea. Sounds like hockey. It sounds like hockey where you get rid of the shootout and in, uh, in the postseason, you need to play continuous overtime. Okay. <laughs> Basically See, like hockey. But I but I but no, I could at least understand hockey because like they're they they want the actual game going on. You know what I mean? It's essentially Yeah. Uh if it, it, like say if Major League Baseball had gone to what I think would be more entertaining, which is you go into extra innings and you have a home run derby <laughs> and then you find your winner <laughs> that way. Well, I mean, if you went into the Major League Baseball postseason and you got rid of that and you just said, like, no, we're going to play regular extra inning games, well, that's the actual game itself. So I I can make sense of that because in the regular season, you're just trying to end things. However, I I still hate this putting a runner on second deal because it it is unfairly giving offense to a team that could be struggling with offense all game. And then how you don't credit to pitchers and of course. just all of this stuff. But just the fact that we played with the rule. It's such a fundamental rule, too. It's such a, like a, a, a drastic thing that changes yeah. that can change oh, yeah. the, the outcome of the game. Well, I was surprised. And it has. I was mm-hmm. surprised that they didn't do it the way the international. Because this is basically based off of the international softball tiebreaker. Right. Where they do the same thing. But the international softball tiebreaker, they give the team an out. Already, yeah. so like I was wondering why that wasn't the case. Like if yeah. you're going to do it like that, because that that kind of evens it out a little bit more. That that makes it a little bit more fair for the team that is um, that is in the field for that for that situation. But it seems it seems uh, yeah. to me like baseball. I still wanted, don't like it. I, it seems to me like they it was really just to try to get these games over with after like I mean, an inning or two because you much what because you can yeah. so easily yeah. just kind of sacrifice seven inning games and guy in yeah. Um, uh, okay, I have a question for you guys. Again, going back to the playoffs, which is kind of we're kind of going zigzagging around in this conversation. This topic this has been a very. Uh, I want to go. I want. I want to drill back down on uh, on the Braves rotation. If you had a playoff game tomorrow, who would you rather start, Kyle Wright 
or Waskar Yanoa? And this is not a silly question because there's well, a I, good I know chance that this, this would be a dilemma that Brian Snicker has to face if they get through this uh, wild card round. Uh, I, would start, I, even, I would start Kyle Wright. And I, and I'm because, going, because of the I'm fact, going to Oscar Enoa. Because of the fact that I feel like Kyle Wright could has a greater opportunity to help you go longer, is my, is my opinion on that. And I also feel like in a playoff situation, given the fact it, – it, de- it would depend on if it was a do-or-die situation. It would depend on if it was a decisive game. If it's an earlier game and you have other games to play, I would start right. If you were in a do-or-die situation and an all-hands-on-deck, then I wouldn't feel uncomfortable going with you know it. Like it, it would Honestly, it would depend for me because of the fact you have no off days – you have uh, the situation where if you go with a bullpen game, you are mortgaging your bullpen for the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like almost when you go with you know what, it's kind of like throwing a bullpen game. Obviously, he's going to be able to th- throw more than more than like a quote unquote starter or a uh, whatever an regular reliever. Would. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I gotta say, like to me, it's no, it's not even that close between the stuff that these guys are showing and that Oscar Yanoa is way better in terms of just just like how, yeah. how difficult well, it is for an opposing batter to face the stuff I'm that he's throwing. I'm not saying he's not good. Well, I just don't I'm know not, if no, he I'm can not go saying, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not coming at you. I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong, Will. Um, I'm just saying that I'm saying you're wrong. It's actually <laughs> – I'm just saying it, it's it's really a testament to Yanoa and how much he has improved I, since he came up and made his Major League debut last year uh, for a cup of coffee. I mean, he is really – it's amazing that he's – um, coming this close to being a legit, like really pitching in a the biggest moment of the season for the Braves. Well, I'd almost, Can, I'd almost want to save Yanoa for for higher leverage situations. Almost kind of the way in the that middle of the game, the Indians used Andrew Miller in that 2016 postseason, and and the way that you know Araldis Chapman's been used in the past. Like I, I feel like in the postseason, the postseason um, lends itself especially in recent years, to more outside-the-box managing, I'd want to have, and again, this sounds kind of like the way that Brian Snicker talks about Josh Tomlin, but I feel like it's for a different scenario. I feel like I'd rather have Oscar Yanoa able to be called on anytime I want him as opposed to just starting a game. Mm-hmm. Did I, did I redeem problem. myself there, Caleb? I'm, I'm, the thing I'm going to lay out for you is, is here's your issue. When you have Kyle Wright starting a game for you, you know you're going to have to come from behind. <laughs> like, that's... Look, that's it. If you... the other day. I pulled... No, 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 no. I'm, I, I pulled it up. I got it right in front of me. His last, what, five games? It, you got six inning pitched, gave up eight runs. Or, excuse me, gave up three runs. Wow, eight hits. Uh, game before that, pitched four innings, gave up five runs. Game before that, three innings, three runs. Six innings, four runs, and then he actually had against the Mets a good start. He pitched three and a third, and he didn't give up any runs. My problem is, if I have Kyle Wright out there, I know I'm going to have to play from behind, and that's just not a position I want to go into a game knowing I'm going to have to deal with in a playoff position. Oscar Enoa, I mean, he had a, an awful start against Washington, Take that for what it is. Mm-hmm. Against Baltimore, pitch four innings, you know? Wasn't bad. Wasn't bad. And I just, I feel like you have enough bullpen arms that can get you through those middle innings enough that if you were to throw out Oscar Enoa, 
he could at least keep you in the ball game and you don't feel like you have to rally, even though that has worked out time and time again for the Braves this season. My opinion is totally born on not looking at any number. I, I don't even know, you know, <laughs> just like ERA. I don't know any of his number. I'm just, yeah, it's it, literally that is. It's just like, well, have good I, I just, stuff. I've just got it in my. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that you said that, Will. In my mind, when I think of you know, you know, is throwing the you know easier, harder gas than ever, than any other Brave starter. He's got a slider that is completely falling off the table. Darno has said that it's crazy the way that it breaks. I mean, he, in what better perspective to get on that than from a catcher who says uh, like breaks two feet in the, at the last second? Um, and maybe he only has those two pitches, but I really have confidence in him with two really solid pitches than I do with Kyle Wright, who is starting to improve. I, I will get. I will give Wright. That I, I think that you know he had a big he had big trouble earlier in the season locating his fastball and nothing was really working because of that he kept falling behind hitters and wasn't able to throw strikes when he needed to and he was walking all these guys because of it now he's at least able to locate his fastball a little bit better he's getting a little bit more run on it as well but he, now it's the slider which should be his best pitch is not really you know guys are hitting those for homers it's just kind of a cement mixer right now but. If that can improve, then things are looking up for Kyle Wright. I just feel like I have the I have confidence in Yanoa that he's actually got two pit two really good plus pitches working for him, and that's really like as much as I can ask for from a from a Braves fourth or fifth starter right now. I just I, I'm all Gee. about length. I, I just I, I need I need more length from Yanoa. That's all I'm saying. And but that's See, I mean it's one of those I wouldn't necessarily say it's his fault that they haven't no. th- thrown him they along. Like, him just... they, haven't, they haven't asked him to do it. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, that's fine. I, don't, and... I don't think they would necessarily need him to go super deep in a playoff game. I think that the, I actually think that, uh, and this is something I've been saying for a while now because it's been needed, but like Brian Snicker's challenge with this team is how does he actually leverage the bullpen so that he's getting the maximum effect out of these guys because they are his best pitchers. I, I like outside of, you know, Max Fried and maybe Ian Anderson, um, you know, the best pitchers on this Braves team are in that bullpen. And ideally you want them to be utilized to the maximum extent so that you're getting those productive innings out of those guys. And so I think that that is a challenge for a snicker in terms of how do you use those guys? Obviously, if you have a starter who can throw, six scoreless or whatever it is, you know, you want to start to ride it, ride it out as long as you can. Um, but, you know, I think that the Braves will hopefully have the flexibility in the playoffs to go to the bullpen earlier in games. If Brian Snicker feels like things are maybe getting out of hand. So in 20, so, I, I, I have, I have, I have numbers. I have numbers here. Oh, okay. I, Cause I saw this article and you guys made me think about this the other day. Uh, in 2010, 32% of the innings pitched in postseasons were pitched by relievers. Two years ago, that number was 39.4%. Last year, jumped to 49. So 50% of innings in the postseason were pitched by relievers. That just It puts such a premium on your bullpen, I would think. I, I, I want to try and minimize that as much as possible because – Managers have quicker hooks in the postseason, and we saw it with Snitker last year. I wonder if something that plays into that is the fact that these teams have been going to shorter rotations in the playoffs. I I, again, I don't I don't know if the stats back this up, but I do wonder if teams are you know there's more of a, a tendency for teams to go with in recent years three men rotations in the playoffs, and because you're going with a three man rotation, they're going on shorter rest. 
you need to pitch more, uh, go to your bullpen earlier in games typically. Um, but that's not going to be the case this postseason because you can't no. use a three-man rotation. So um, it will be well, interesting to kind of see how things shake out. That's what I was going to ask Joe is, I mean, you threw it out there. Is that your, in your mind, that fourth starter, is it between Kyle Wright and Oscar Enoa? Or do you, I mean, I mean, I'm not thinking like you per se, but thinking more yeah. like Snit, what you, what you foresee him doing. I would. I mean, I'm assuming Tukey's got to be done after that start he, he, in Baltimore. He ain't come back. Yeah. He ain't come back. Snit, Snit has actually already kind of laid it out and publicly after one of the games a few day, a few nights ago that it's going to be Max, Ian, Max Reed, Ian Anderson, Cole Hamels, and Kyle Wright. Those were the four names that he mentioned okay. as being the starting rotation right now. Um, and then he said that if they need a fifth guy, they can use a bull, do a bullpen game or go to Yanoa or something like that. But in my opinion, I think that that should yeah. be reconsidered and that there should be a conversation that happens before the playoffs start as to do they go to Yanoa or do they go to Kyle Wright um, if or when they need to. Well, we got- also, how comfortable are you with Max Freed starting on short rest, giving some of the little injury pop-ups that he's had i'm not super comfortable with it if you look at his okay. splits thank if you, you if you look, right. at, if you look at if you go go on a baseball reference and look at when he's pitched on short uh short days rest they are nowhere close to when to when he's pitched uh on full rest or even more than full I, rest i think that's something that's not getting enough uh attention mm-hmm. well we've had a lot of fun i think we zigzagged a little bit during the batter of podcast we will at least have one more podcast before we get to the postseason, uh, of course, We're ten the games away, Will. We're ten games away from the postseason. It's so exciting. The 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 <laughs> first game of the National League Wild Card Series will take place on Wednesday, September the thirtieth. So, basically, two weeks from yesterday. So, uh, as a result, we will have one more chance to talk to you before we get to the postseason, and then we'll have a preview podcast to get ready for whoever the Braves will play, whether it's uh, the Reds or the Cardinals or anybody else that falls into that number six seed where it looks like the Braves are going to be as long as they hold on to the NL East crown. For Joe Patrick, Caleb Johnson, I'm Will Palaszczuk. Thank you so much for joining us on Batter Up and 92.9 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.